As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi everybody, welcome to The Ruck. This week it's only Wales versus England at Cardiff. One of the most eagerly awaited games of this or indeed any other season. Also, France are eagerly awaited. Just to wonder what's going on in the French camp as we speak. Are the team and coach fighting each other? In the wake of the fact that Morgan Parra and Camille Lopez, only the halfbacks, French halfbacks, spoke out against the dismal coaching that Jacques Brunel's coming up with. So a little bit of a sad soap opera there. But Wales, England, also Ireland, Italy. It's week three, series three of the Six Nations. Now, you'd expect us to have a massive panel of, of great shit today. And that's exactly what we got. Lawrence Delalio, axed. <laughs> My, Michael Liner, not famous enough. Owen Slot, looks like a mad professor. Andy Good still doing his Diploma of Journalism course on O-Level English. What would the people we have got? Mark Evans. Now, if your club has poor crowds, struggling with your bank balance, or indeed if you want to transplant a sport from one country to another or invent a new sport, Mark's the man to do it for you. Mark, have you taken on any sports since you were last on? No, no, I'm I'm trying to narrow down my focus. Okay, but you're still on on with the twelve sports that you you're in charge of. Something of that order. Okay, well, bog snorkeling he's not doing, but all the others he is. And incidentally, I don't want to um, big him up too much, but if you want the chief executive for your club, there's no man better. Uh, Steve James is with us, rugby and cricket writer for the Times. And just for the record, whenever Steve comes on, there was always a lot of giggling about his treble century at Colwyn Bay in August 2000. I was at a function with Steve in Cardiff recently, and when it came up that he'd got 309 at Colwyn Bay, some people were almost giggling and jeering, which I thought was completely out of order. <laughs> that was you. Because No, it wasn't, because... OK, Steve is not famous for a fusillade of sixes, but, for God's sake, 300, three centuries in one innings at Colwyn Bay is absolutely remarkable. And as a feat of concentration, he went in in August 2000 and he was out on December the 3rd. <laughs> but what it, it, we must stop making fun of the treble century. We've got Alex Lowe from The Times, one of the great all-rounders. Um, you want news stories, you want features, you want interviews, you want snippets, you want insight, match reports. This is the man, the go-to man in The Times. Recently, uh, last week... Alex uh, was comparing Tom Curry, the young teenager. Is he still a teenager? No, he's just 20. Oh, OK, the 20-year-old flanker with the great Neil Back. He also wrote the following. Um, 
Ireland and France took six seconds to recycle the ball in almost a quarter of the rucks. Oh, God knows what that means, but um, <laughs> we're, 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 trying to, we're trying to keep him off the statistics. Uh, anyway, there we go. Alex, we'll come to you first. Thank you. Not for a stat, but uh, in England, <laughs> England squad or England team, is there only the loose head prop position to be settled? Uh, I, I think so. so. Chris Ashton pulled out of the game on Sunday with a, a calf injury. Um, Jack Knoll almost certainly start come back into the starting team in his place. England will be excited that Joe Cock and a singer is available and fit and scoring, and I can see him having a role to play in Cardiff because Eddie Jones is just a huge fan of his of his power, really. Um, but but other, so otherwise, yeah, loose head, and then and it's a choice between between two opposites, really, Ben Moon. Or Ellis Genge, and as we sit here on a Monday, I, f- I think they'll edge towards Ben Moon with Carl Sinclair uh, at tight head. And they could almost do a swap, but when, when Sinclair burns himself out, they could replace both props and bring on Genge. And they've actually, although he's on the other side, it'd be a like-for-like, sort mm. of very very similar style and attitude and sort of raw physicality. Um, so, yeah, at the moment, I think it's only one, it's only one position up for grabs because I think Noel will start. I mean, does this now suggest that, I mean, whenever there's been an Eddie Jones uh, team announcement over the years, we, we you couldn't sometimes you couldn't name more than six of them, but does that suggest now that Eddie's settled down and the team has settled down? Yes, in a lot of ways. I think they found, certainly in the, in the last two games, that they found a way they want to play. I think Henry Slade has become really important in their attacking structure. Daly is bedding in much more at fullback, but because they've been on the front foot for two games, you've seen the best of him. Mm. And the, the injuries that they've had have been in positions with decent cover. Loose head is, is is slightly weaker, but they'll you know they'll start Moon or, or Genge. Most most countries in the Six Nations would be happy mm. with that option. Um, they lose Mario Itoji, but in comes Courtney Laws, who's just in phenomenal form. Yeah. They lose Chris Ashton, and they've got Jack Noel. So I think at the moment. It, in years gone by, England's depth has been really tested by, by injury. They were down. I mean, Ben Moon only got his chance because they were down to fifth, sixth, loose head at the time. Um, so they've got they've got a, a decent injury re- record at the moment, particularly in the positions where they, where they're strong. So, sure. um, yeah, I, th- I think they know what they're trying to do. Um, I'm sure they'll change it up a bit from from uh, from the France game, and and they've got a, they've got good good options in all those positions. I I, I wouldn't uh, touch Ellis this week with a barge pole. I think it'd be so easy for Wales to wind up and to be wound up by the atmosphere. I go with Moon. I think it's tremendous. Steve, the the, the selection issue, as was um, expressed in Sam Warburton's comment on the weekend. I'm interested to hear what you think of it. This this season, people have been the the general cognoscenti. Is that the right word? Have been saying that. Anscombe is now the better player and that Thomas Williams is coming through strongly. Dan Bigger and Gareth Davis, in my opinion, fierce players and big match players, test match animals. Where do you stand on that? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Obviously, Bigger's fitness is the first consideration. Limped off for, for Northampton on Saturday. Presuming he's fit, I've got a feeling Wales will go with Anscombe at, at 10 and then Bigger to come off the bench. That actually worked quite well in the in the in the autumn, um, especially against uh, Australia, when Anscombe did quite well at the start, and then Bigger really closed that game out. Um, the scrum half, I mean, if, if Gareth Davis plays, that's, that'll be a third different scrum half Wales have had in the in the championship this year. Which you know, Thomas Williams started against France, and then Ali Davis started against Italy. But I, I think they'll probably go with Gareth Davis just because he's the he's the big match player. There's, there are a few other marginal calls as well that Gatlin's got to make. Uh, second row being one of them. Who's going to partner Alan Wynne-Jones? Um, Sam Warburton 
went for Jake Ball. Um, but Adam Beard has, has done okay, and they seem to quite like him. He's, he's a big lump, isn't he? And there's obviously Corey Hill as well. I'd go with Jake Ball as well, I think. So would I. I think they need another another carrier there. Yeah. And Loosehead Props, another one as well. Do they go with Nicky Smith or, or Rob Evans? And I think they'll go with Nicky Smith just because he's so good over the ball. I think... Wales have really got to challenge um, England at the breakdown. England have not been challenged at that breakdown over there in those first two games. So Agreed. I think that's somewhere where Wales will really challenge them. OK, that's just a selection dilemma. Mark, we both know that this game is, has been loaded with, with other stuff since time immemorial. Mm. It's small country, big country, heroic Wales against the upper-class twits, etc. Does it still carry some of that? And also, how big is it in terms of rugby? It'll always carry a bit of that because... Sports full of these big, big country, little country, big club, little club. You know, the FA Cup's got 100 years of history almost around that very idea. However, when you look at it now, it, there's still a difference. You know, the, the, the difference is still in most parts of England, not all. Rugby is played in a certain class, whereas in Wales, didn't matter, doesn't matter what social class you're from. The problem in Wales is actually not as many people are playing it as used to be. That's a different issue. The other thing that's changed about the England team is the multiracial nature of it. Mm. And if, if you look at the England team now, and I, you, know, you could say this is more a sort of accident of migration rather than there's players from a, a, a sort of a non-white background playing it, but you look through the team and, you know, it does look like a bit more like modern England than it used to. So I think those it's not quite as clear-cut um, as it used to be, but it's still there and there's still a great thing about, you know, the cultural importance of rugby to Wales is probably, even though the sport isn't as strong, culturally it probably is as strong as it's ever been. In fact, some would argue that is part of the problem of the sport in Mm. in Wales. But again, that's a separate issue. OK, but the significance of the match itself, leave aside all the trappings, it does really... Um, one of the teams is going to be very disappointed. The other one is probably going to win the Grand Slam. I so, think if England win, they'll win the Grand yeah. Slam. I'm not sure Wales will. Wales aren't playing very well. No. They're really not. And, uh, you know, I read Stuart Barnes's piece this one, and, and he's right. Um, I hate to say it, but he's absolutely spot yeah, well, on. Let's not go uh, <laughs> uh, You know, that 11-match run is, not, is actually uh, very misleading. There aren't many really significant victories in that run. And Australia are probably on their worst run since the 70s, yeah. frankly. And the fact that Wales had, had lost 13 times in a row meant it was significant. But, uh, you know... Which is exactly the point Eddie Jones was actually making um, after the, the England-France game where he kept he kept saying in every interview he could, I'm told this is the best Welsh yeah. team of all time. He loves a bit of that. It. Of course not. Of course not. He meant exactly the opposite, that they've done nothing to prove it. Uh, you know, in the same way that the English team that won 18 on the trot were not the best mm. English team of all time. I mean, it's a nice shorthand way of getting at something across. I get that. But it doesn't actually amount to a hill of beans, really. Steve, it, it's nonsense. Steve, um, you mentioned the three scrum halves. Has Warren got it right in the sense that, OK, they win away in France. It doesn't matter how you play, they win yeah. away. It didn't matter if they were shocking. Yeah. Against Italy, why didn't he keep the the pot boiling, maybe a couple of changes. Why would he make 10 changes? Yeah, I, th- I think afterwards he, he admitted he probably had got that wrong because mm. there was such a lack of cohesion. I think he basically said in the press conference he, he would have liked to probably kept a, a few more from that French game in, in the starting lineup. But I don't know. Sometimes with Gatlin, you, 
you, you suspect he might have something up his sleeve, you know. He mm. obviously wanted to to rest the big guns, didn't he, for this England game? He's you know, he's been looking ahead to this England game as as being the big one. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying, and that is my concern about Wales. Is is it going to be too big a leap for them to to go from where they have been in terms of their performances to producing the sort of performance that's going to be England? Because you know, it's going to have to be you know one of the best Wales performances for a long time, probably since. 2013 if if they are to win this game and, and on, just on that performance in Italy I think we say it every year but if you beat Italy and you're, you want to challenge for the title you need a bonus point mm. um, and if Mark's scenario pans out if Wales beat England they then host Ireland on the last day if they beat England but don't win the Grand Slam there's a it's quite feasible they could then miss out mm. on a title because of a bonus point they didn't push through and get I think they settle for that mm. <laughs> I, I do I, seriously. I, 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 I do. Well, I think not, not win the title because yeah, of lost bonus. Not win the title. You know, I mean, frankly, it, it, you know, you've won it. You know, you've won the championship. You've beaten the big teams in it. You know, the tournament almost needs a Wales win, doesn't it? Because if England win, the tournament's over. Tournament is over. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we'll we'll put that to Eddie Jones. It's right, though, isn't it? They're, yeah, yeah. they're not going to lose to Scotland. They're, when was the last time Scotland won it? Nineteen eighty-three or something. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come to your predictions in a minute. But Alex, uh, you wrote that uh, the kicking is still going to be big, a big deal. But um, Johan Uge is not the fullback anymore. In fact, he wasn't the fullback last week either. He just had a fifteen jersey on. And the two shocking wings who were actually centres not yeah. there. Do you still think there's going to be a lot of kicking? Oh, I, absolutely. I, yeah, I don't, England won't go into it with. They don't have a set game plan, which is one of the things I'm, I've been very impressed with them about um, so far. This time last year, they were playing dull rugby. They, they were they were not smart, not intelligent. They were struggling at the breakdown, and yet they would send one man in on his own with no support, and then wonder why Bastaro suddenly ends up being man of the match because they they run straight into him, and it, it was it was careless and it was it was dull. England have been smart, and and I think that kicking was always going to be an important part of their game against France. But because France couldn't see what was happening to them, they just kept on doing it. Mm-hmm. It will be very different against Wales because, A, Wales have a full-back. If Lee Halfpenny was fit, they'd have had the, probably the best mm. full-back in terms of covering the backfield yeah. and marking that space to allow Wales to defend with, with a big high-pressure line with 13 or 14 men. Liam Williams is not quite Halfpenny, but he's, he's a full-back yeah, by well. trade and he's, mm. he's, he's as close to a decent understudy as they'll get. But he's also he's, t- he's tough and physical. He doesn't look like it, but he's unbelievably physical. Uh, absolutely. So Eng- England will England will kick because it's it's part of their armory now and it, and George Ford talked about it pre-tournament that when you're particularly when you're up against a defensive line like Sean Edwards which where they want to be in your face yeah. if you can shift the ball and kick in behind there is space and if you've got the pace of of a Johnny Mayer, then then they will do it, but they'll have to be more intelligent about it. On the flip side of that, I think Wales will kick a lot as well. I think they will yeah, too. Yeah, I do too. Because yeah, it's the modern it, game. It, it, yeah, well, but England's line speed has been so yeah, it's fast. been so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're just going up and smashing people. I mean, I, I think. By do you mean this? Do you mean kick high, kick short, or, or? Uh, they'll do a lot, all okay. of it, the whole okay. lot? I think. Okay. <laughs> I think the very best teams in the world at the moment are kicking a lot. Mm. Um, the All Blacks have kicked a lot for a long time, and we we've marked on that. But yeah. it's what's happening in rugby league as well because you've got the defensive line in their game 
you know, it's it's at the play of the ball, you know, ten meters apart, eleven or twelve men up, and that and there's very little space, and the tackling's very good, and defence is very well organised. So what happens now in modern rugby league is you push the ball in behind, or you put it up in the air into the dead ball area for a contest. You've got to. It's just like rugby unions, just so similar, mm-hmm. and and now England have got a really nice kicking balance because mm-hmm. they've got two right-footed kickers. And two left, and this is real old school. You know, this is like going back to Paul Dodge and stuff. But in the modern game, to be able to kick both sides of the park on your natural foot within your team is incredibly helpful. So, so England can now go, we can kick past left, we can kick past right, we can push it, and all the other really good teams can do. And that's when Henry Slade becomes mm. such a key player. Again, my personal view is he should have been in the team. He should have 60, 70 caps by now. I've never realised, understood why he hasn't been an absolute fixture. Mm. But he is now. I think I think the, the chase is also really important. You, you talked there, Mark, about the different styles of kicks used in rugby league. Twice England have, have kicked to compete mm. and their chase has been so good they've won they've, they've won the knockdown either mm. through the pressure forcing the knock on or they've got a hand to it and the moment they scoop it up they then kick again through Don't on kick. the ground into the into the now vacant backfield and it's so Jones you say will they kick high or will they kick short it's the variety of of, of the attacking kicks and the different positions in which you can now yeah. execute that kick the, I mean, the absolute it, two critical tactical areas of the modern game are, are the kicking game and the line out from that if your line-out doesn't function, because you're going to lose some of the high balls if they're put on the money, and you're going to take some under a lot of pressure. If you can't win your own line-out ball, and Wales's line-out this season has been yeah, really I, average. I, I think for that reason, Wales will just try and keep the ball on the field. I don't, I don't they'll look to kick it off the no, they were, and that, that'll go back to Warren Gatlin Wasps 2002, mm. you know, where they never used to yeah. kick the ball off the park at all. He, he's always like keeping Steve, it on the park. Steve, have they got another problem, though? Let's just deal with the, the, the line, and so we'll deal with the, the sheer power of the England carriers. Now, now Sinclair's come through not right. only as a powerful car- car- carrier, but also times his runs absolutely beautifully. Yeah. Uh, Jamie George has come through as a carrier, and um, Billy Vanapola has got a game under his belt. Um, uh, Courtney Laws, we know, is a brilliant carrier. I don't see where Wales compare here because Alan Wynne is is a carrier. Um, Jake Ball definitely a carrier. No. Uh, so, so is uh, Paul Moriarty's son, uh, Ross Moriarty. <laughs> but um, but do, do, is but is but have they got as many? Do you know who Wales's best carrier is at the moment and who they use a lot? Navidi. No, Josh Adams on. On, on the wing, like like Jack Noel, yeah. does the same. I mean, they they, they 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 struggle for for big carriers, and, and that's I, I one pick, of the reasons why I'd they're going to have to kick If I was picking the team, I'd pick Wayne right. I, I I don't this thing with. I think Wales are going to pick Tuperik and uh, Navidi, yeah, and and if you don't win enough collisions, it doesn't matter how good you are on the floor. As I said earlier, I think they'll see the breakdown as as one area where they can win this game. But if you don't win, my point is, if you don't win a collision, it doesn't matter how many I, yeah, ground men you I think you they'll got. be physical enough in defence. I, I, I do okay. worry about the carrying going, well, I, going I forward. I think I wrote in the paper yesterday that I'm sorry, but I would leave out the man who's become who's been the man of the match for the first so, two games. Yeah, but who would you play uh, instead of Navidi? Wainwright, because yeah. Wainwright is a line-out yeah. option. Yeah. I mean, he, look, he's, he's, he, I'm not saying he's uh, you, he with any um, uh, confidence because he's he's a big lad, but he's very very young, you know, and he's. I mean, like Curry. Uh, mm. 
Well, absolutely, yeah. But, I mean, Kerry comes from a reasonable club. Well, they were reasonable till Saturday. Whereas uh, I doubt if Wainwright's been on the winning side this year. Anyway, but... Um, oh, he's, a, he's a promising young player. No, he, 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 he is. Yeah. But, I mean, I would like Tipperick, um, um, uh, Paul Moriarty, son, uh, <laughs> Ross, and... Um, let it go, Steve. Okay, sorry. All right. So, and there's just got the little, little thing. You Steve, know. The, Steve, the only thing I'll say about that carrying business is two years ago in Cardiff, um, Jake Ball and Ross Moriarty had their best games for Wales by yeah. some considerable distance. Yeah. I mean, they carried ferociously in that game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Wales will be hoping they can do the same well, on that, Saturday. That's why, despite everything, I think it'll be that a matchstick in it. I think it'll be a lot closer than, than, than people think. But England have not been challenged yet in, the, in those two games. No, I, I agree. And I, I, I think Wales will challenge and, them and a lot And that's another more. reason I pick bigger, because in the first two games, England have got off to an absolute rip-roaring yeah. start. And there are certain types of teams you don't want to be chasing. Mm. You've got to get them into an arm wrestle. And so far, no one's been able to get England into an arm wrestle. The game is completely different if it's 6-3 or 10-7 after half an hour. And to do that, your defence has got to turn up. Uh, Alex, can I just ask you as a a former prop, England, um, we've criticised them for a long time because their front row's never been authoritative enough Mm -hmm. and have given away so many penalties. It it isn't true. Now they seem to have a a, a decent scrummaging unit. It is... In which Sinclair and Jamie George are two different are the two new factors. Mm. You the, you must be really happy. Well, that part. Let's say Eddie Jones must be really happy with the way that Sinclair's come through. Oh, absolutely. Before last year's Six Nations, Eddie Jones said Dan Cole will end this championship as the best tight head in the world. He ended it on the bench and then didn't play again because Eddie Jones realised that while he might be. He might be technically a better scrummager than Harry Williams and and Carl Sinclair. He was way off in, in the other areas of, mm. of of the game, and you see how you, you just see how Ty Furlon plays, you see how Mako Vunapola plays, and now you're seeing how Carl Sinclair fits into that same mould. And it's 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 his carrying is huge. Eddie Jones will love his attitude. He, he'll want him to stay just the right side of that yellow card, but he'll love that he'll love that snarliness about him. And anyway, every prop should be from Batsy Iron. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but it's exactly. the point you make at the scrums is critical because, and partly that's the game. Again, I hate to throw. I know I love my stats, but you know, in the nineteen eighties in the Six Nations, there were average of thirty-eight scrums a game. Right now, there are twelve, and in mm. some games, there are less than double figures. Now you. You know, you ain't gotta be, mm. you ain't gonna be that bright to work out that therefore, and, and look, a dominant scrum's still very, very helpful. But England haven't got a dominant scrum, but nobody pushes them around, no. and and that's the difference. It's stable, it's a platform, and if you can get that from someone like Carl Sinclair, who's gone from being an impact player to a starter, you get all those tips and stuff that he's... He's a really good ball player. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I think it'd be fairly even at the scrummage, wouldn't it? Wales' yeah, scrummage actually went OK yeah, in, in France, and it's, it's, I think they'll pick yeah. Thomas Francis at tight head pure, purely for his scrummaging. So yeah, I think yeah. that'll be a fairly even contest. But I'm interested in what, going back to that event that you, you talked about in, in Cardiff with, with Sam Orbiton was there too, yeah. and he made a point about the Welsh props yeah. as, as an area that, that it would be... 
a weakness would be the wrong word. I'm trying to remember how we phrased it, but he, he basically said they haven't had a Lions standard prop in in too long, and yeah. um, that could be an area that England looks so at. He actually, he actually yeah. said that yeah. they've never replaced Gethin Jenkins right, and Adam yeah. Jones, which yeah. is what yeah. I thought was significant. Boys, um, let's just go on to um, uh, Scotland, France, France, Scotland in Paris, which is an incredibly fascinating game, really, because if France lose, uh, uh, God knows what, where the hell they go there. If Scotland lose, Scotland is suddenly back in the in the in the wooden spoon territory again. Steve, um, I was going to say, where can France go? Can, is there anywhere they can go this week apart from being more passionate? But I mean, the thing to say is, I was in Paris for that first game. They played really well in that first half. I mean, you can say Wales w- weren't great, but some of the stuff France played in that first half, in, in the conditions, yeah. some some of the offloading, the, the handling. I mean, and Para really took control at scrum half in that. That half, I mean, they they look good there. I mean, they obviously imploded second half, and then they were totally shambolic uh, at Twickenham. But you know, I think there is something to hold on to because I I was really impressed by them in that in that first half. But okay, yeah, to, they need they need to pick a fullback. I mean, uh, huge. That, that's the worst performance I've ever seen at any level. I think yeah. P- positionally well, from, from a fullback mm-hmm. in terms of his positioning. I mean, it was. It was almost like he was saying, look, you picked me a fullback, but I don't really want to play that. I'm going to stay on the wing. And also, I'm not going to encourage my two wings to have any part of it. No, uh, worst French team you've seen, Mark? Ooh, that's quite a high bar, isn't it? Um, they've had some shockers. Go back to the 1930s and 40s. Um, oh, my God, hang on. But, uh, this is a podcast. We don't in, want to go into um, depth. We well, don't want to go into depth. Didn't win, a, didn't win a championship until 58. Um right. Uh, it's, some of stats today, isn't it? Well, you know, just I'm, I'm, a, bit, I'm a bit of a noise, I know. Um, Brilliant. Look, they were terrible. Uh, yes, and probably the worst, one of the worst of a number of very, very poor performances in the last however many years. But um, they, they have got... I don't quite see where they go. I think this game shows up the two big things about international rugby. What are the two big facts? One is availability. Scotland have got a list of unavailable players. I, I read it, wrote, wrote it down, you know. It's just extraordinary. And if Finn Russell's not fit, mm. that, 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 you know, WP Nell, Richie Gray, Stuart Hogg, if it's Russell, Watson, but Duncan Taylor, remember how well he was mm. playing? Now, and they haven't got a player base like England and France to absorb that. Hugh, I, I'm Hugh reserving, Jones is out of this uh, one and as well. Hugh Jones is out. There's, there are others too: Denton and Wilson and Hardy and Skinner. I'm holding judgment on Scotland because I think there's a good Scotland side for the World Cup, but it won't be playing this Six Nations, mm. which makes it tricky. Okay. The other thing is selection, and the French selection has just been dreadful. Not only them picking people in the wrong position, they're picking. There's no consistency of selection mm. either. I don't think there's as much wrong with French rugby as some people think. I think it's been terribly selected and terribly coached. And some of the changes they brought in about 2016 will make a difference in the medium run, but not this year. Okay, Alex, um, the the Scots, it it is a heck of um, an injury quotient, but Mm. um, would... Did, wasn't the Ireland game the one they had to win because the, it was a home game, Ireland didn't play at all well, and yet Scotland didn't take the chance in a dreadful game. But wasn't that the one they should have yeah, won? Yeah, yes. I mean, they, they'll, they will... I think pre, pre-tournament, though, when, when we thought Ireland were going to be coming in all guns blazing, they would have... No one would have expected Scotland to, to win that. But I think they will regret not playing better. The unavailabilities don't help. I just think on your point about France, France have lost... 10 out of 13 
under Ishak Brunel. Ben Kay, in his column a week or so ago, talked about that the France Wales game, and his his assessment of it was that France are still they've still got they've got excite, an exciting back division who can pick mm. off opportunities, they can feed off mistakes, they can play that sort of joué rugby if in a broken field, but they cannot manufacture their own chances. They don't build pressure. I'm just looking at what he wrote. He said in that game, in that first half, even he said France had no discernible game plan, no cohesion between the huge pack of forwards who want to do one thing and the battle line who want to do something else. And I just go connect that to what you said at the start, Steve, about the reaction from Morgan Parra and Camilo Lopez mm. to, to losing at Twickenham. They they both came out after that game and said, uh, France, by the way, have never had more time with their professional players than they have now because of a deal with, with the clubs. Parra said, we are wasting the time. We don't know what we're doing tactics-wise. We don't have a game plan. When in the first game, Vahamina had to be told he was captain by <laughs> by the referee. In the second game, when they had Pernod on in went off for a, a head injury assessment and Fiku was in the bin, the players didn't know how to respond, didn't know what they were doing. And so my feeling, how will France react? They will either feel some personal pride or they will think we've got to get this guy sacked and it'll end up spiralling. Which they've got some history of. Which they have history of doing, yeah, exactly. And, and I give, give Vern Cotter the job now. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's going really well. He's, he, he, he almost won a game the other week. Don't care. Give, okay. give him the job. Let's round up with those two. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, well, Ireland playing Italy on the Sunday. Um the day after the other two games. just want to ask uh, you all, really. Steve, um, Italy get a decent whack from all the Six Nations um, uh, funding ar- arenas. Um, they only have to spend it on two pro teams, not not any more than that. 
are we getting a bit impatient now and are, is it becoming a bit embarrassing? I know they've competed against what, the Wales almost second team, mm-hmm. but now I tend to think, lads, we always support you as our second team, mm-hmm. uh, but hang on. Yeah, interesting. Um, I think the the two provincial sides are starting to be a bit better, aren't they? Hmm. I mean, I see Benetton Theresa beat Scarlets in oh. the at the weekend. And they're in a playoff position. Yeah, then yeah. you know they're a lot more competitive in that Pro 14 league. How good that league is—that's another another hmm. argument, isn't it? Um, yeah, it was interesting being out in Rome actually when Wales played that and listening to Conor O'Shea afterwards. He, he does get a bit prickly, Conor, hmm. doesn't he? And uh, it was put to him that Wales had played terribly, and he. He was most upset by that, saying, "You know, I, saying he he thought Italy had played really well, and he said, look, every every time we it looks as if we've done something decent, everybody says it was because the opposition were rubbish. Yeah. That, that was sort of the gist of his argument. But are they, are they any good, really? I mean, that that said it all for me that Warren Gatland basically took his second team out there. They played absolutely terribly, and they still won fairly comfortably, didn't they? That, that tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? Are, are we becoming impatient? Yes." I think, yes, we are. But I do think we have to recognise the role that Conor O'Shea has in Italy, which is more than just coaching the first team and picking the first team. More than any other, in fact, uniquely in the Six Nations, he he's trying to run and get the entire Italian structure yeah. to work. He's been director of... He's been performance director and coach. Yeah. Right. That's his role. Yeah, right. and so... While he wants the national team to win, and we all we all want them to be competitive and, and winning, it's actually it's a it's a much deeper issue that he's trying to solve. And and my hope for him and for Italy is that is that the, the shoots of, of growth that we see in in the two provincial teams will end up benefiting the national team. But are we getting impatient? Yes, we are. Uh, how long uh, do we wait for that? Can I just well, ask you the financial question? Yeah. Is there any way financially that um, they, they could be discarded? And, and do we lose a lot if we go to a promotion of Georgia or someone, someone like that? I, I, I've heard some nonsense around over the years. And one of the, uh, the minute, the one that really gets my goat is this, this one, the one you're implying, which is somehow we're going to go to promotion or relegation in the Six Nations. Are oh, you? Yeah? Really? What are you going to do about the women's game then? We're going to have Six Nations women, because the Italian women's team are good. Mm-hmm. Right? We mm-hmm. have Six Nations women and Five Nations men. That's pretty equal. And that's, you know, are, we, are we serious about both genders or, or, or are we not? Because you've got to do the same for both. Are we saying that Georgia we are, are a stronger team? Well, Italy beat them. Yeah, they beat them last also. Okay, yeah. so all this... And, and, never, and thirdly, financially... Wales have only got to come last one year, or Scotland, right? And this is or never, or no, England would be England would be okay, and so would France. There's a lot of other revenue streams, oh, all right. Yeah. But the whole funding of the sport in both of those countries would collapse, all right. Unless you're saying, oh, well, you go, you can go down, but you keep the money. You know, it's just nonsense and Italy we let them in it gets me angry this we let them in too late right the golden era of Italian rugby was gone before we deigned to let them into the into the five nations you know how magnanimous of us okay and now because and the game went pro as well and that didn't help either they are making some deep-rooted structural reforms which they did need to do it is incredibly hard to reform a national union just ask wales right 
and it's just nonsense. Okay. So, no, I'm not getting impatient. I'm getting impatient with people who don't see the big picture. I think that's a fairly limited support there from Mark about the uh, <laughs> chances of World Road. I think reading between the lines of what he said, he's not in favour of it. Yes, yeah, sorry about that. I get quite animated about that one. Yeah, OK. No, we, did you really? OK, fair enough. Chaps, just, just a, a, a brief uh, uh, different tangent now. Um, you, you, the club team or your national team is supposed to be an amalgam of, of your club teams and uh, that's where you get the buzz the buzz from and you come into the team um, full of beans, etc. and then you show what you can do at the top, very top level. On Saturday, the four Welsh regions all lost or on the weekend they all lost. It's becoming, in my opinion, although there was a great game between Cardiff and Glasgow, yeah, it, was it, it was a cracking game. It's, it is now becoming hardly any of the players have, have developed a winning habit or, or, with anyone. The Ospreys against Ulster on Friday evening was absolutely abortion of, 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 of sport and entertainment. Mark, uh, we come to you first mm. as you're on good form. Yeah. Uh, it is grim. It's grim. Yeah, this grieves me on a personal level because obviously I was brought up in this whole thing. Um, the crowds are low. Even in the Heineken Cup, I don't quite buy this, um, oh, if only we were in a different competition. You know, Racing, one of the glamour sides of Europe, came to uh, Parky Scarlet, not, you know, in the autumn. And 8,000, 9,000? Mm. I, I, I don't quite believe this. I don't buy this old regional rugby, it's killed it, it's all the rest. Because actually, take the side that's always been a regional side. Slinetli have always been the side of Carmarthenshire, Pembrokeshire, and to a degree Cardiganshire. Right, that hasn't changed. And even North Wales. I mean, yeah, and, they've always taken place. And they've and them. they've no, and they're doing marginally better than other what people would say were the the the, the, the artificial con- constructs of the of the other three teams. I think there's something. More, and, I, and I should say, I, I'm not there enough to be really sure about this. I, I, I'm tent- this is tentative. But the other small countries that do well in rugby, New Zealand, Ireland, even to a degree Australia in there when they were strong, had really, really strong school systems. And I wonder, and this is just a... I don't know if this is right or wrong. I just throw it out there as an, as an idea. I wonder whether... Because adult participation is dropping all over the world. Don't don't think we're going to go back to the days when every village produced three teams. That is not going to happen. It doesn't happen in England, doesn't happen in Ireland, won't, isn't, won't happen in Wales. But if Wales is going to ever be a power in world rugby consistently at a number of levels, it has to produce a lot of players from a very, very small two million base with two premier, well, two very strong football teams in that market as well. And I don't know the answer, but it, it's it's not great. Steve, you're closer to it than most people. Yeah, I mean, I I think it goes to show how good a coach Warren Gatland is, because of the the, the Wales squad he's got and and the depth he's he's got in that Wales squad, w- with the resources he's got. I think he's done a magnificent job. I mean, there are talks ongoing at the moment. There's this thing called Project Reset, Reset isn't there? Yeah. I mean, and there's there are a lot of rumours flying around in Wales about what that might bring and you know there there is talk that maybe they might focus on two regions and try and fund them more and try and get them more competitive in in europe i, I don't know what, what you think about that steve forget it if you <laughs> shut turn off the lights what, what? turn turn off the lights because every time when you go down if you have t- 12 teams some of them will be rubbish if you have four teams at least one of them will be rubbish if you have two teams one of them will be rubbish 
it doesn't doesn't work. And there's my forward uh, uh, answer to the whole thing is Newport, Cardiff, Swansea, Llanelli. Full stop. Alex, can I just ask you um, <laughs> ask you a question? Uh, English club rugby, two games on the weekend. Are we uh, witnessing a catastrophe in that Newcastle, the team that's come up and galvanised the division, and we're going to go there for the for the European Cup final and the and the Challenge Cup final? Are we uh, witnessing a possible catastrophe there because they really are detached at the bottom now? And catastrophe might be slightly slightly overstating it, but it's, it shows how well they did last season. I was actually talking to Toby Flood in the week um, just about what it's like playing in in Cardiff, and he he said that they they're just so badly hit by injury. Mm. Um, and one of the great and we we've seen it with England. So one one of the things that really helped them last year was they weren't affected by injury, and this time this season they're really struggling. He says that there's a he talks about you know maybe he would say it, but. I, to Toby doesn't bullshit anyone. He he said that the the, the feeling and the spirit and, the, and and everything is right at the club. They just can't handle the number of injuries that mm. they've got. They don't have the the squad depth of other clubs. So so that's that's why they are where they are. And you know, would it be would it be a, a huge blow to the league to, to lose Newcastle? Absolutely. They would be in a decent position to bounce straight back up into it. Just one... you, can, you can always avoid that catastrophe by not having relegation, Steve. <laughs> I think we've tried that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, don't start him off. March, don't start him off. No, March the 1st, I think, is the key date. Okay. Uh, Newcastle play, Gloss, uh, play Worcester at home yeah. on March the 1st. One more thing. They've got to win uh, that. My, my team that was uh, going to come striding through, as I wrote last week, to dominate the latter stages was Sale, and um, they, yeah, they well. did really well. They only conceded a mere 67 points on Saturday. That was an extraordinary result. We're going to go on now, uh, just finally, we're going to wrap up, and I want uh, your brave predictions for the weekend, please, a winner and a number of points. Then I want your god and god or goddess of the week. I'm just in, uh, introducing a special rule. They can be Tottenham Hotspur players this week. Um, we're going to go along from Steve, Alex and Mark. Let's go Cardiff first, guys. Um, look, we don't even know what the teams are, so no one's going to uh, berate us all afterwards much. <laughs> but, Steve, Wales-England? Draw, 16-0. 16 all draw. <laughs> totally on the fence. You can get 15-1 to, to that. Uh, Alex, Alex Lowe. You tried that trip before and it worked. I was yeah. just about to say that. Yeah, last Lions test uh, in New Zealand. Oh mm. uh, yeah, yeah. Who, you who on earth would have put that in the paper? No, I know they didn't. They didn't. I know. Right, uh, Alex Lowe. Uh, I'll say England twenty-three nineteen. England by four. Mark Evans. England by fifteen. England Ooh. by fifteen. Uh, we now go on to Paris. Starting off with Steve. France, Scotland. Yeah, I think France will win that. They'll be too powerful. France will be too 20, powerful. Twenty-one. 15. Okay, six-point margin there. The Scots go west again. Alex? Um, of my two scenarios that I posed earlier, I'm going to go with the French implosion. French implosion? Yeah, right. so Scotland to win uh, by seven. Okay. Yeah, if Finn Russell's fit, Scotland by five. Okay. And finally, Ireland, Italy in Rome. Steve? Ireland by 20. 20? Yeah, Ireland bonus point win by, by plenty. Yeah, like plenty, yeah. Ireland by 25. Okay. Well, I've got uh, Wales. Sorry, I've got England by only three points. I've got the uh, Scotland because you can't lose to France in any in the way they are at the moment. Scotland by 10. And I've got Ireland by 30. God or goddess of the week? Anyone ready with one? Yeah. It's the key. It's the key. Right. We're going over to Steve first. I'll go with David James. 
after mm. that superb interview with the with the, with Owen Slot. Ter- ter- terribly sad story. Yeah, I mean he's been retired. I think ten years, isn't he? From, yeah. From uh, professional rugby and, and and really struggling with uh, with depression. depression and anxiety. I mean he talked so candidly. It was a, yeah, it was a very, very very moving interview. And it, uh, you know, David James is a, he's a top man, isn't he? He was, he was a fine rugby player and you know, a great did, player. Did superbly well for the Lions, you know. In one, he was pro- probably sl- underrated. You know, he's somebody yeah. you look, look back and think, you know, he, he was a damn fine player. And, he was yeah, terrific. I think just he... uh, you know, thoughts and prayers with him, and hope he can. Uh, Get get through this. That's difficult to. Uh, but it's not. It won't be insensitive if you go for somewhere else. But I think we might come back to David in a minute. Alex. Yeah. Well, he. I'll nominate someone else only out of duty because he yeah. would get my vote. But, um, so the other end of the scale, I'll go for the Harlequins marketing man for giving us all a chuckle this week by oh, playing up to the stereotype oh, no. of offering all Harlequins fans who drive a Maserati um, uh, <laughs> priority know. parking outside the stoop. Okay. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. That's a great talk. What about Maserati? Priority parking. Blame me, they've probably only got about 40 people who have Maseratis, <laughs> the Quins. Right, Mark, you, you were... You, did you bring anything. that in? You should have brought that in when you were at Quins. It's a great initiative, isn't it, Mark? When you were in charge at Quins, where were people supposed to park their Maseratis? You never gave them we, anything. We were going for a different market segment. Right, um... Uh, I, I'm... I'm Great call on David. I mean, I coached David and signed him actually. Quinn's in the in the uh, in the noughties. Uh Songing Min uh, from Tottenham, yeah. uh, and our victory against uh, Dortmund. Yeah. It just, I know I shouldn't do it. It's very very just sort of self indulgent, but uh, it is such good fun being a Tottenham fan at the minute. I think that is self-indulgent, actually. Okay. Mine's Jan Vertonghen, by the way, <laughs> who was brilliant, completely he out was, of position. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, uh, I think our God of the Week, quite rightly, is is David James, and this this wish him all the best. He, yes, like I say, is a great man. Uh, that's the sort of stories we should be doing, and I'm glad the time times did it. Um, Boys, I wish you, Steve James, Alex Lowe, Mark Evans, a fantastic uh, weekend. Thank you for your thoughts today. And one final thing, there's two wrecks this week. Um, There's this one, the first wreck, and then on Thursday, it's just Sam Warburton all on his own, well, with me, uh, talking about um, missing the game, talking about Wales-England. That's out on Thursday, so two wrecks for the price of one. And in fact, it's free anyway, so there's no price. Thanks for downloading us. Uh, Keep us posted and we'll be back with you. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.